0: friends, I'm Huyate Tikitana, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 1 of Depth and Candor, the podcast exploring ways to define and live out a vibrant life. And today, we're talking about living on purpose. If you're on my mailing list for this podcast, last week you received an email from me where I talked really candidly about my goals for 2017 and where I was at this point in the year by the way, if you're not subscribed to the mailing list, you can do that by just going to depthandcandor.com backslash subscribe. But after sending out that email, I was really surprised at how easy it was for me to write my analysis for the year so far. Mostly because in Previous years, I've approached my goals as the enemy, and right around this time of year was when I started really going to war against them. So, 2014 is a good example. This was a rough year in my life. I was living in Baltimore at the time because I was in grad school, and I remember writing down um, my goals for the year as my New Year's resolutions. And I was sitting on my creaky little bed, and. I claimed that I would lose 20 pounds, I would get a 4.0, and I would start a blog that would take off and change my life. And of course, I was miserable all year fighting against all the parts of me that resisted these goals. And when September rolled around, I hadn't lost any weight, I was struggling to maintain my 4.0, and my blog was pretty much non-existent at that point. But I'm happy to report that those dark days are almost completely behind me. This year I had four major goals and my only measure of success was whether the pursuit of these goals brought me joy. And what's fascinating is that I've never felt this at peace in my life and I've never felt as though I was living with purpose as much as I do now. Plus, it's interesting because I'm meeting my goals and I'm growing financially despite my relaxed attitude towards goal setting. So let's explore this through a conversation with someone who specializes in helping people achieve their goals. This is something I'm so excited about because I deeply admire people who seem to make each day count. And not just count, but count towards something meaningful. Enter Jovian Zane.
1: Well, I am Jovian Zane. It's my first and my middle name. Uh, I was given those names by my parents. Jovian, as I've always said since basically sixth grade, uh, I'm out of this world because Jovian uh, is a name that comes from the moons that surround Jupiter. So they're called the Jovian planets. So yeah, I'm out of this world, Huete, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I've literally been saying that since sixth grade.
0: So Jovian is a leadership and professional development coach with nearly a decade of experience in change management, global leadership development, and organizational transition planning and design. She's a recognized thought leader in the professional development and diversity training field, and she has a client list at places like Google, Columbia University, Harvard University, the Clinton Foundation, the Aspen Institute, Janelle Monet's Wonderland Records, and Teach for America. But there's something even more unique about Jovian. She's really the go-to person for all things regarding living on purpose. Take a listen to how she describes her current role.
1: Um, I've had lots of incredible and wonderful and challenging and awesome life experiences that have helped me to be positioned to where I am today. Um, As now the founder of the On Purpose Movement, which is a firm that helps individuals and organizations live and work on purpose. And we work um, also within the community and, and put on different events. Um, around the world and lead initiatives like the International Day of Purpose, which we also founded, to help people to be inspired to live a life of purpose. And so throughout my time prior to that, which really led to this like, on-purpose lifestyle, um, I did have a lot of experiences that helped me to understand more about who I was and why I was.
0: This idea of living on purpose and Jovian's role being the person that helps helps individuals figure out how to live on purpose and helps companies figure out how to navigate their purpose. Is that the same thing when it comes to the individual level? Is that the same thing as saying we have to find our passion and live out our passion? Because that's something we see on the internet all the time. And I don't know if you've gathered, but I hate the word passion. And it's because I spent so much of my early 20s trying to figure out what the hell my passion was. And it wasn't helpful. Like, it wasn't ever helpful to sit and think about what my passion might have been. So I asked Jovian, is living out your purpose the same thing as living out your passion or figuring out what your passion is? Yes,
1: So at the on purpose movement, we approach this question of purpose with with that preposition, the on piece, because it really folds into what we believe is critical, which is it's not just about the discoveries of one purpose, one's purpose, but it is like the intention to live it out. So we define like on purpose living in about three different ways, and one of which is it's the daily internal and external Reflection and discovery in one 's purpose, like the constant commitment to to think about what should I be doing to serve in a way that only I can do in any given space, whether it 's mm-hmm. my family, my relationship at work, what have you on the street, you know so it 's that it 's that consistent reflection on that then it 's that after that, that reflection is happening and you're you're coming up with clarity, it's making the commitment to then live that way. So that's when it talks about like, we're making on purpose decisions. These are the small daily actions that we commit to, to take that impact our ability to live out that purpose. And I always reflect on this one example for me, which is um, when I really made the connection between my ability and the necessity to take care of my body in order to serve what I knew was my larger purpose, which is like encouraging people to be their best. A function of how I show up as an encourager is through public speaking or facilitating or training. Now, I cannot do that well. And I was reminded by a pretty traumatic experience, but I can't do that well if I'm not taking care of my body. Mm -hmm. And I'm always reminded of this time when I was giving a talk at the Clinton Foundation and I was so excited about it and it was great. Uh, but about halfway through I remember feeling incredibly dizzy and so tired and thinking, oh my gosh, if I don't finish this soon I might fall out right now. And it was because of the way I'd been eating. The I'd fallen off a workout plan. I just hadn't been taking care of this vessel. So whatever purpose I was supposed to be serving at that point i was very i was standing in in the way of that because of my own inability to commit to the small actions that would lead me to this quote unquote pinnacle moment of serving one's purpose you know yeah. so i was it was one of those eye opening moments of there are small things that we have to do every single day that are purposeful that like help us to show up in the way that we're supposed to show up in the world so that's two parts of the way we think about like an on purpose lifestyle, and then um, lastly, it's it's the ongoing commitment of all of those things, like the ongoing commitment of the exploration, and then um, the accountability of sharing that with other people. Because, as I always say, you can't be your best self by yourself. Like you've got to have people around you who support you in showing up to be most purposeful in the world, and so. You know, that's what we think about. When we think about on purpose living and this question of purpose and passion um, is asked many times. I know I'm sure you've seen some articles on it. I think the way I always consider passion is that it is um, more fleeting and that it's uh, it is something that could be energizing at a certain point of time, but can quickly move on from you, depending on the space you're in, who you're around. The temperature, the time of day, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it can come and go. You can have many passions over time in life. And I, it, and I say that not in a way to discount the fact that your purpose in different spaces can evolve because it can. But at the core, there is something very unique about each of our existences. Like there is a reason why Huete exists. And there are ways that you have to show up in certain spaces that really no one else can fill come close, be similar to, but not in the exact same way. And while I can, like you and I can both be passionate as we are about encouraging people to be their best, the way that we go about doing that will be different. Even if we both have a podcast, even whatever, there's our passions will help us feed into a deeper understanding of like our skill sets and the things that motivate us, but the overall consistent serving (laughs) of our call, I think it's just more connected to the unique purposes that we have.
0: Is that not the biggest relief in the world to everybody else? Like, I am so happy to hear her say that because every iteration of every article that's been written around finding your passion makes me want to shoot myself. And that's actually why part of why 2014 was so rough. I was never sure that what I was doing was really my one true passion And now I'm in a place where I feel like I really do understand my purpose. I thrive and I'm happiest and my unique um, perspective is most appreciated when I'm communicating with millennial women who are ambitious and want to live full and fulfilling lives, so vibrant lives. And this podcast is just a form of that, right? And now that I understand this, I am so happy to hear that I can do everything with passion I don't have to um I don't have to figure out this one thing that i'm passionate about and everything else that's just kind of thrown to the sidelines but there's still a question that remains: How do you figure out your purpose?
1: Well, you know I think this question too is one that's kind of tricky um because i honestly and I think I would have answered this question even differently a few months ago or prior to certainly a year ago. But I think for me, God is always uh, illuminating a different answer to this question. The more I live, the more I read and absorb and learn from others. Um, but I will say at the core, what I have learned in relationship with other people and all of my readings and paying attention to how folks have navigated this kind of discovery and through my coaching work as well, At the core, there has got to be time to reflect. Pausing, slowing down, reflecting. There are all kinds of what I call, and this book that I had the honor of writing a chapter in, Lessons in Leadership, but there's all kinds of experiences that I call breadcrumb experiences that lead us back to this deeper understanding of how we are supposed to be showing up in our unique skin.
0: I wish we had... Jovian's actual explanation of what breadcrumb experiences are but our audio cut out at this point in our interview and so Jovian explains that breadcrumb experiences are the experiences that lead you to the place where you can use your unique skills and personality in an effective and fulfilling way and when I asked her if she could share one of her breadcrumb experiences here's what she had to say
1: I was at one point working um, at a really large company Black and Decker matter of fact and I had gotten promoted to my, the third role that I had there and I was one of very few women out of a team like an overall marketing and sales team of like of like 300 people it was like 10 of us 7 of us at that and I remember looking around and thinking I've been a trailblazer in many spaces in my young life you know one of the first black pres- black women to be president at UNC all these things like Led the way, you know, in many other avenues. I won't share now, but I, I, I came from a lineage of trailblazers. That that part didn't scare me. I felt very called to do that in many ways. But what the tension was was I knew I also was in a a place in my life, um, like my nascency, if you will, where I was like, I need to be developed and coached and supported, and this environment isn't for me. Like the, I don't want to learn pretty much from anybody who is above me in title or rank. I'm not inspired by their leadership. I knew I didn't necessarily trust their leadership. I just, I, I wasn't. I didn't feel called to be in that environment. Um, but because of money, bills, um, fear of, well, what else am I going to do? Uh, how quickly could I find another job? All these things. I was trying to make it work. And and I would also say there were some odd complacency and, and laziness that did that, that, that let me stay in that environment much longer than I needed to. Um, and that's something real I had to come to grips with because you can want to get out of something and feel it. Um, that like, Oh, this isn't the best, but if you let other things, i.e. fear make decisions for you, It will lead to other emotions like the procrastination, the laziness, the what have you. Like those are, I think, symptoms of something else, and a lot of that is fear. So, uh, I stayed. I stayed a little bit longer, and ultimately, thankfully, you know, was airlifted up out of that job at the right time. But I realized. Say it again.
2: What do you mean by that? Uh,
1: I mean that the organization went through a downsizing phase i knew i wanted to leave i basically raised my hand let let me out of here kind of thing um which ultimately ended up being perfect and great but i didn't i could have left before and i should have left before i would do things differently now because when you think about how purpose shows up if i'm committed to doing things like oh Yes, my life is I'm supposed to be encouraging people to be their best. If I recognize that the full time opportunity that I've uh, decided to be a part of isn't helping me do that, I have to commit to making daily decisions that get me closer to doing something more fulfilling towards my purpose overall. So that could mean. Like, an on-purpose decision during that time would have been, I'm not going to go out and meet y'all for a drink. I'm going to sit here and redo my resume. An on-purpose decision would have been, I'm going to stay in the gym, getting these endorphins popping so I don't feel as disappointed, frustrated in those Sunday blues that come, you know, before a Monday back at work. You know, do you get what I'm saying? Like, those are on-purpose decisions, Um you know things decisions I'm making with intention that connect me and keep me closer to doing the thing that I should always be doing in any way, shape, or form,
0: but some would argue that your purpose should be malleable to anything that you do. How do you know that you're really not in the right place as opposed to it being a work ethic issue or a discipline issue? There
1: should be times when you're getting poured into there it's a there's A reciprocity that's there like and I think specifically to the line of work that I'm in like the exact skills and function of how my purpose shows up in many ways I'm always pouring into other people and I think that's a natural thing that I should be doing but if I am continuing to pour into other people and I'm not careful about the environments I'm in I don't really have anything authentic to give them anymore Mm -hmm. if I'm not listening to certain authors and books if I am not watching what I watch on TV you know, watching what I consume because I believe out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if all I have is some mess and I'm, a, I'm around a toxic environment, it's not going to be long before some of that gets inside of me. I'm paying attention to the leaders who are around me and I was not inspired by any of them. I did not trust their judgment. There were insecurities that I saw them living through very candidly and very clearly. And I was like, this just didn't, I didn't feed that environment wasn't one that was going to push me to be better.
0: So many people my age, and I'm talking generally about millennials here, have a tendency to think that our career woes would be solved completely if only we could, quote unquote, do our own thing. So entrepreneurship is so glamorized and it's held in this high esteem. It's put on this pedestal when realistically, becoming an entrepreneur requires you to On top of all of the business side of things, you truly need to understand yourself, your skills, and how to care for yourself in order to be a truly happy entrepreneur. Now, I started this episode talking about 2014, my goals, and kind of beating myself up over not meeting my goals, and I'm much better with that, but I'm still not that great with self-care. And what follows (laughs) is a mini coaching session where Jovian reads the shit out of me. Okay, take a listen.
2: Um, Even, like, I'm not an entrepreneur now. I have a 95, and I run my podcast after work. Fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Five to nine, as one of my guests said. Um, So one of the big things I struggle with is resting enough because... I feel the need to hustle all the time and where does get that... everything I want done. I feel like I need to be up and like getting things done, but then I'm exhausted, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I see where the system like breaks, but this message of like hustle or else is so prevalent that girl. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like
1: the, the question I would ask you back, just like if you were any one of my clients, it would be what function does that desire serve in your life?
2: what function does hustling serve in my life to create products that can eventually be uh, proof that like, all right, cool. I can like, I have prototypes that show, you know, mm-hmm. this podcast is viable and I can make, I can grow it. I can make it bigger, et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. Given the avenues that you're working down right now to make that happen. Um, how do you see this being an opportunity for sustainability?
2: <laughs> there isn't an opportunity for sustainability. I think the true, the true reason why I hustle so hard is because I have several interests in addition to my podcast. Mm-hmm. So you know what truly is? It's, it's a lack of focus, that's what it is because if you if you are on the board of a non-profit and you are running wine events and you run a podcast on top of your nine five mm-hmm. yeah there just aren't enough hours in the day in order to actually make that happen so in terms of sustainability when i think about the future i'm like oh yeah there's no way i'll do all of these things forever i'm just doing them until i figure out how to like Loosen the grip on each each activity. Does that make sense? Each mm-hmm. project.
1: hmm And I would ask you more questions around um how do you I would ask questions around like how and when do you plan to loosen the grip? What does the current grip look like? How does the current grip serve your ability to be replenished? Um what is describe this ideal state that is seemingly driving you to continue to to invest in so many activities at once where's where is that drive coming from who's being served by the drive who are you proving this to like there are a lot of what we call competing commitments that are underlying the decisions that we all make every day
2: mm-hmm.
1: so sometimes it's so much easier to say like just I'm going to get healthier I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do you know Yeah, sure. We don't do those things. Like we have this, and two Harvard professors that I love have done this great work around the immunity to change. Mm -hmm. And we all fundamentally have an immunity to change in some way because we have these hidden competing commitments that are driving our decisions. So one of the things for me I realized for a long time in terms of my inability at the time to be healthier with my food and with working out was because I have a deep commitment to convenience, So if I can't get the food quickly, if the workout place isn't going to be convenient or in a way that I like to get to, I'm not, like, I could say, sure, I'm going to lose two pounds, but I'm definitely not committed to doing it if I have not set up structures in place that also allow me to honor the commitment of convenience I have. Mm. So that's
2: so powerful.
1: It, it it is. It's so so powerful. But we also have competing commitments that don't serve us, right? So you could I there's also I realized a long time ago during this exercise, I'm committed to being seen as a competent, smart, effective black woman pretty much in any situation. And there are reasons why because growing up, if I was discounted in that way, the many times that I've had white people check or question my articulation, my greatness, my, you know, been overlooked for jobs, have been questioned around my ability to negotiate for the money I should be. All of these things feed into my deep commitment to showing up in a way in the world, um, particularly when I'm interacting across lines of difference as it relates to race or gender. Now. Now. That commitment is awesome, but that commitment could also show up in a way that leads to insecurity. Like if I am so committed to being seen that way, I may try to be more dominating in a partnership with a colleague than necessary. Because I am letting that commitment to that I, to being seen in that way make me afraid of not being seen that way. So I am over-talking or I'm being more dominating than necessary or I'm not trusting a colleague for something. I'm always... Do you see? So it doesn't always serve you. But understanding what those hidden commitments are, you can see how they commit, how they can compete, actually, with a new burgeoning commitment that you're trying to make. So if I'm more, if I'm saying, I want to be now more committed to being healthy, then I have to check this commitment that I've had for years around convenience and say, listen, these are competing right now. I need to decide which one I'm going to care more about.
2: Mm. Which is what the day-to-day comes in, right?
1: Absolutely, these day-to-day decisions, day-to-day. So part of this for you is like reflecting on what is it that I'm really committed to that's making me feel like I've got to make these external commitments to do all of these projects and to produce all of this stuff for other people? Like, And at what cost? I yeah, know.
2: You know, I think I, I actually know what it is. It's fascinating that we're talking about. This. I'm getting a free coaching lesson on this call. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I think it's because I grew up always being told how hard working I was. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. And so I just like I ate that up and apparently I still eat it up. Yeah.
1: You're like, that's a function. That's a part of my identity that I do want to be associated with me.
2: Right. But when I think about the future, like you said, like, what does the future look like? Um, I think about a life with, like, kids and a family and the ability to do work when work needs to be done and then spend time with people I love because that's actually what brings me the most joy. Boom. So this is a powerful conversation. It
1: is in these small moments. It's a small interaction when we'll be out, like, let's say me and you, girl, we're at an event and someone just totally happened. She like, girl, I see you everywhere. You're working so hard. You got, I just saw your Instagram post of like, you were speaking at Google or you were here and aren't you on this board? Girl, you are killing it. And that like feeds the ego. But ego is all, as, as Deepak says, EGO, edging got out. In that moment, we're getting this boost of like this adrenaline boost of, oh, people think I'm doing great or all this is happening. And then we, we smash down that other voice has been telling us, you need to slow down. And in that moment, instead of being more confident and saying, you know what? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff, but I'm actually thinking more about now how I can be uh, a bit more decisive and clear around how I'm spending my energy so I can show up in ways with more balance. Because this whole working hard just to work hard or just for we can tell each other, oh, girl, you're doing it. That's not sustainable. Right. Do You know, it's like we've got to we have we actually have to, like, coach and push each other in these moments to stop perpetuating these messages that are actually damaging to how we live. This whole hustle, hustle, grind, grind, do this, no sleep, sleep when you're dead. Girl, I'm asleep today. When we hang up. I'm going to bed. I think that is just ridiculous. And we it's not healthy. It's just like it's fundamentally not healthy to our mental ability to function it's not it's not healthy to our like our physical like it's just a mess
0: ah that was such a game-changing conversation for me i had no idea that i had this narrative in my head that i was holding on to and this led us to a conversation about jovian self-care practices so when i am ultra jovian
1: as i call her i'm on all cylinders i'm listening to abide which is I would that's something we can link to afterwards. Abide is an app that has prayers She you can listen to lots of different topics. Um so I listen to that immediately when I wake up. Like the fr- like if I open my phone first, that's the app I go to hear the prayer. And then I have quiet time in the morning, um in devotion and I have used the devotion I've used for years, 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 like 8 years. It's called Jesus Calling by Sarah Young, and she also has other um other books in that series like jesus always jesus now and i um read a passage out of that that also aligns with certain books in the bible i will also read other um, meditative or encouraging books or passages on various topics depending on how i'm feeling Uh, but i try to do that every morning um abide is certainly every morning if i skip a devotion um which I do every Monday, typically every Monday through Friday. On the weekends, I'm either going to church, certainly on a Sunday, or um, I'm doing some other kind of like really relaxing practice that's just for me. So those are some ways. Um, also, I'm very intentional about who I spend time with. Like super intentional. Um and I've gotten more so even as I get older and as I lead into this next chapter of my life and getting married and uh, not too long from now, there's, I just think you gotta, gotta be really careful around, you know, your tribe. And I've been really blessed to have great people around me as I'm sure you have to, you have to Huete. But, um, you know, in New York, everybody like, oh, let's get coffee. Let's do this, whatever. Uh, not every time. Like, we don't always need to do that sometimes let's just like exchange emails or like we can do a quick phone call but you don't always have to see everybody face to face all the time um i think that wears your bank account and like your physical you know it makes you more tired so there's that um and that those are self-care practices like i'm very intentional about that that's that's on purpose stuff so this is actually let me explain this really quickly um i have a vision board that is on my door so i keep it on the back of my door so before i leave out of my house I'm always having to check myself, like, is what I'm doing getting me closer to this vision and to this purpose board? It's really not a vision board. It's a purpose board because it represents areas of my life that I know uh, are like are small things that lead up to me being living this more purposeful life. So whether it's I'm going to a, a lunch date with this person, I'm going to kick it with this person, whatever. I'm going to go meditate here. Anything, the gym. It needs to be in alignment, you know, so that practice within itself has been very helpful um, and moving from away from a vision board to a purpose board was very helpful because i did i wasn't just making a vision board based off of what like the world told me I should have at a certain age you know like i 'm gonna throw up a ring on here i'm gonna throw up like the essence fest or whatever, nah girl like that purpose board came from clear questions that I was asking myself, like guiding questions around like what resources and tools do I have. To give in service to a particular group. That's the kind of stuff that's reflected on the board. Okay. You know working out, I mean that's just that's a real thing. We gotta take care of our bodies. Gotcha. What you put into it food wise and then how you're expending energy and who you're doing it around. One last thing, how yeah. could I forget? I'm such a huge proponent of this now. I also just got off one. Social media fast. Ooh, tell
2: us about that
1: got to take them ever so often my fiance takes one every january he just goes off for the entire month um of of everything and um it's just really helpful i just recently got off a fast and i cannot tell you how much more effective i was during this time period how my brain slowed down Um, i realized there was some anxiety that was building up in ways that i did not even know was there Just by virtue of the notifications and feeling like I need to respond or certain things, even positive things that you can see online can trigger emotions that don't serve you, that get you distracted, that reroute your day, that make you think, well, I should do this in order to be able to communicate this message to other people because that's a message clearly people want to see. Just because someone else posted something that could be awesome and encouraging, that doesn't mean that they, that's what you need to be telling people to do.
2: You are so wonderful, Jovian. Thank you so much for making time for this call.
1: Oh, thank you. This was a joy. I'm serious. I got a lot of energy from doing this.
2: Me too. Thank Me you. Too. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. You're fabulous. I'm so glad we connected and that you're doing this. Like, this is certainly a part of your purpose right now. And I just, I'm grateful that you're committing the time to doing it.
0: If you want to connect with Jovian's incredible presence, you can find her on Instagram at Jovian Zane. That's J-O-V-I-A-N-Z-A-Y-N-E. You can also follow and join the On Purpose Movement through their website or through their social media pages. Their website is onpurposemovement.com and their social media handle is on-purpose movement on all socials. They are in hibernation right now because they're winding down from their International Day of Purpose, which happens every year on the summer solstice. And summer solstice, I didn't know this, is the longest day of the year. Actually, I did know this, but I always forget details like this. Anyways, although the International Day of Purpose is exciting on its own, you should also know that it's a good way to tap into organizations who work with Jovian if that's something you're also looking to do. Thank you so much for listening. My biggest takeaways from this episode, there were so many takeaways, but my three biggest takeaways were number one, that we probably all have internal narratives that are defining how we live our lives and spending our time. And it's probably very worth it to spend some time thinking about what that narrative might be. Number two, breadcrumb experiences, the experiences that aren't necessarily your calling, can be seen as the ones leading you to your bigger purpose. AKA, get really comfortable with pivoting as you experience new things. And number three, let go of this idea of needing to figure out your passion. Yay! You know I'm excited about that one. So I started this episode telling you about my 2014 goals and how they weren't necessarily aligned with my purpose. And I'm thrilled to tell you that I'm well on my way with my 2017 goals, and they feel much more aligned with who I really am and where I'm uniquely positioned to provide value in the world. So checking in with myself at this point instead of in December reminded me of that. Finally, I'm curious about your thoughts on this podcast format. I stepped out of the usual interview format, and I really enjoyed it. Did you? Can you shoot me an email and let me know what you thought? My email is hiwete at depthandcandor.com. That's H-I-W-O-T-E at depthandcandor.com. And as usual, if you want to keep up with me, sign up for my email list at depthandcandor.com and follow me on Instagram at H-I-W-O-T-E dot G. And if you love this podcast episode, please read it so we can climb the podcasting charts, y'all. All right.